Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. Uh, I am Cody Coster, your host. With me, per usual, Mr. John Spainhauer from Chicago. John, how you doing? Doing well, Cody. And let me uh, just put a, a small apology or a huge apology out there for not being with you two weeks ago. Uh, I got to take a very rare vacation and uh, it just I wasn't able to get on the podcast that was at a time that, that worked for everybody. So I sincerely apologize. We try not to do that and we try to be here. It's just... Uh, uh, you know how summer times go. And again, a, a huge apology to our loyal listeners out there. Well, as long as it was a good vacation, I think everybody will uh, will probably forgive you in the end. Nothing better than Door County in the summertime. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than a, than a 5% lower GDT on this beautiful Tuesday, though, eh? Wow, that was quite a segue, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Cody, uh, the GDT this morning comes in 5% lower on the ag. Aggregate. Uh, we'll walk through some of the details here. Butter down 2.1%, coming in at a you know a relative value of about two dollars and forty-five cents. Um, cheddar came down two percent, uh, coming in on a relative value of about two dollars and nineteen cents. And then as we you know you say, well, the geez, how, th- those are not bad. It's when you get into our powder markets over here that things start to take a little bit of a turn. Skim milk powder down eight point. Six percent coming in on a dollars per pound basis of about a dollar sixty-eight. Whole milk powder was down five point one percent, and so uh, you know it was really the powders that weighed us down. And again, whole milk powder it just has such a huge weighting on this index that it, it brought us down on the aggregate about five percent. Coming into the auction, um, you know, last Thursday night morning, I guess, however you want to phrase it, the New Zealanders released a statement saying that they were going to be increasing the volume of product that would be offered on the GDT um, starting on this auction and following through until September. And, uh, you know, the, the presumed reason for that increased offering is not really that New Zealand is expecting more milk production. We feel like that's pretty steady eddy at a lower level. However, it seems as though demand is a little bit off on the international markets. I would say generally uh, or specifically, not generally, specifically, Specifically, I would say their Chinese demand is just not where they need it to be. So they, they have some uncontracted volumes. Maybe maybe they had some contracted volumes that became uncontracted or the expectation that, uh, you know, there was going to be a few more contracts to come along. They, it looks like they didn't. They put that product up on the, the GDT and the GDT futures um, immediately went lower. They had actually already been moving lower for a few days before that um, since the last auction. And, and that really kept cascaded over into the U.S. futures market. We saw our non-fat and uh, our non-fat market move lower quite a bit on the futures. We saw our butter futures pull off. So, um, you know, there, there have been kind of an effect coming out of this, this announcement by Fonterra that they were going to put up more volume. The net result, though, and result, though, was that home milk powder was down 5.1%. Um, that actually, depending on what you want, whether you want to say glass half empty, glass half full, right? Still down 5.1%. Futures, though, coming in had it more of around 8 to 9% lower. And then skim milk powder uh, at about 8.6% lower. It's right around where the futures were pegging it. So skim did a, a, a nice job. Uh, whole milk powder kind of over 
overdid it in terms of their expectations. So were we lower? Yes, but our, our main dog in the fight here, whole milk powder, did end up faring better than the uh, futures had expected. I would love, uh, I'm sorry, Cody, go ahead. I was just going to say, I guess one of the biggest things that I'm kind of noticing here, John, hitting on that is, uh, as you used to put it when we were all in the office together, uh, my, how the turntables have turned here recently in pricing. I mean, uh, we went from a couple weeks ago, maybe two months ago, the highest price on the cheese, nonfat and butter to more or less the lowest in cheese, nonfat and just about butter. Uh, when you look at the US, EU and New Zealand here. Yeah, you know, uh, a, a lot of dynamics have changed out in the marketplace. Um, when it came to nonfat, we were definitely always the cheapest. Um, and when it came to cheese, we've been the cheapest. Um, butter, we we were the cheapest, right? And the, all of those things really help facilitate exports and the expectation of exports. And uh, we've certainly seen exports move. We've had record cheese volumes go across uh, in March, April, and May. Uh, not consecutive records, but just collectively. You know, these are huge numbers that are going out in cheese. And we actually expect to see those numbers continue for on the June and July uh, export run. Um, you know, I don't, uh, there seems to be some product that, you know, we've talked about it for a long time in our cold storage numbers. There is some product uh, of con- cheese that was contracted to be exported. It's had some transportation issues. We're hearing that a lot of that cheese is finally getting through the system and getting on a boat. So we've seen unbelievable export numbers. And that was due to the fact that we were the cheapest in the world. We really still are the cheapest in the world in cheese. When it comes to nonfat, there was a pretty decent spread in there. Like I said, the U.S. was the lowest. But now New Zealand, um, you know, right on our heels, we're at around that $1.65 area. New Zealand comes in at about $1.68. Um, and, and Europe, you know, they don't get, uh, uh, you know, I would suspect that as we move into next week, we'll see the European numbers come down. But right now they're at $1.71. So it's just really hard to imagine a, a world where the U.S. is able to move too much higher than Europe and New Zealand on the non-fat skim side of things or, or, or maintain parity. Probably see a little bit more pressure here out of the U.S. As we move over to butter, just a different kind of story altogether. Um, you know, the U.S. right now at 294. Again, in Europe at 305, but we don't have that commanding um, uh, uh, discount that we had before. Or said another way, the rest of the world has no commanding lead over us. Uh, the New Zealanders at 245, uh, that is going to cut off some exports. Uh, it's just there's no way to say it. It's not going to cut off exports that are contracted, but what it's likely going to do is start to eat into our ability to get further export contracts done, and it might actually attract some imports. We've heard from some people that the Kiwis are definitely out there shopping some fat around. Um, and, and I don't think much of it will get in here until the fall, if not into 2023. But the fact of the matter is we are not the cheapest butter. And, uh, you know, we the, we have a pretty decent premium to uh, the New Zealanders. And again, we fully expect that they'll be looking to put that product into some of the markets that we would try to get into, if not bring some of that fat into the U.S. Now, kind of hitting on the cheese and the non-fat side being the cheapest right now, John, with the dollar index seeing some weakening the past couple of trading sessions, do you believe that that will have a pretty good impact on the uh, exports getting out of the country going on that are not already locked up for exports? You know, it's, it's clearly going to have an effect. It's going to make our product a little bit more expensive, um, you know, and it, it'll make it comparatively, or it'll make it a little bit more expensive comparatively. So right now we're at $2, New Zealand's at two nineteen. 
Europe's at 246. You know, the dollar's really not going to affect uh, our our comp- competition against the Kiwis just simply because they're priced in, uh, you know, dollar, U.S. dollars. However, the EU price, it has had an effect, I'm sh- certain, um, and, and at least on the flat price and the comparative price and bringing them down to 246. I think it was last week, the currency had an almost 1.6% decrease. Um, and that was just on the currency alone. We saw the euro currency cross that dollar or that parity threshold with that, with the dollar, at least temporarily there for the first time since 2002, right? I mean, um, it really has had an effect. And and I guess if I were to look at it, Cody, to directly answer you, yes, it's probably had some effect on our further exports. Probably not a lot to do with our exports that are already in the hopper and headed out the door. But it does bring me to a, a you know, just kind of that bigger macro picture. And that is to say that commodities in general, um, not just in the last two weeks, but because I know we didn't get to talk two weeks ago, but go back a month ago, if we were just to look at the commodity landscape today and compare it to the commodity landscape a month ago, we've really just taken a beat down out here. Um, A lot of things have changed. The commodity complex in general has moved lower. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the war in the Ukraine. Um, I don't want to say it's over and, and it's a misnomer to say it's calmed down, but we're not at quite the fever pitch that we were um, a month and a half to two months ago. We've seen the commodity or, you know, the grain markets really settle down. The oil, crude oil markets have settled down a little bit, um, you know, and there's a number of different factors that go in there. One, I believe, is that the they're just, we're kind of backing ourselves. Uh, the, the war itself is kind of backing itself into the potential for a stalemate here. Um, I don't know exactly how that will end up, but it just seems like we're just not quite the fever pitch that it was, but a lot of talk about inflation um, and recessions, this, that, and the other. It's just caused a, a, a lot of things, you know, that inflationary um, uh, premium that was in there or the war premium or however you might want to look at it. We've really knocked the, the snot out of the commodity prices and dairy is not excluded from that and neither is the GDT. No, absolutely. I mean, you kind of hit it on the head. We've been getting uh, pretty well beaten down here uh, the past couple weeks. I, I guess a big question, we kind of hit on it just about every podcast uh, when we talk about the GDT, China being locked down, um, hearing potential of them possibly getting out of their COVID lockdown here soon, maybe as things start to turn around a little bit. Do you think they were on this GDT auction as buyers as heavily as they were the past couple ones, or are they still kind of staying off the market trying to see what the lockdown brings to the country as a whole? And a very unfortunate unfortunate turn of events, uh, the person who collects that data for us and really compiles it is on vacation as well today. Just made it to where I, I just don't have that data. What I would guess is is that the Chinese were there. Um, they did do some buying. Coming through the rumor mill, though, I've heard that the Middle East was more involved in there. Um, and so I think that the Chinese have stepped back in. They are coming out of lockdown. There's no doubt about that. We just it's just not quite the um, you know that big momentum that we saw two years ago when they came out. Um, and, and and it's really hard to predict. And now they sometimes people are saying, oh, they're going to go back in. Um, this, that, and the other. It's just a really hard um, thing to predict where where the Chinese, what the Chinese lockdown is going to look like, or what coming out of lockdown is going to look like. One thing we do know for certain, though, is is that you know they do have an internal milk supply, um, and that internal, you know, those internal prices are at a level that mean that they don't have to really um, import as much product, and they've been off that bid now for since the middle of March. However, one thing that uh, you know. Uh, an auction like today will highlight is, and, and that 
is that, you know, we did pull back. There is no way around that fact. Um, but when we really stand back and look at it, we're still at a relatively high price on dairy. Um, and even on the GDT, even here in the U.S. and even in Europe. And I think it's quite a statement. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of the conversation has been focused on demand and what is the recession going to do? What is inflation going to do? What is war going to do? What is Chinese lockdown going to do? Um, all of those things that really brought um, demand into question. And we'll work through all those things. What stands out to me, though, is that world milk supplies are still not in good shape. Um, we do here in the U.S. have the expectation that milk supply is going to grow. There's no way around that. We've seen the margin, you know, with the grain inputs coming down. We saw that margin uh, open up. It's not quite uh, uh, quite as good looking today as it was two to three weeks ago. But, uh, you know, we've again, we've had quite a, a meltdown here in dairy prices. However, you know, there's been plenty of time for people to do DRP on their milk side or to, to hedge their output through the, you know, the milk futures out here and buy puts and also and, you know, buy their, their grains in. But, you know, we, we saw the grain price come down. We've seen the milk price come down. Still a, enough margin out there probably to make milk here in the U.S. But as we go over to the EU, I think it's really important to point out that the EU is probably not going to make a whole lot more milk, not just this year, but as we move forward. There is an environmental, um, you know, an environmental regulation constraint on just how much milk they're going to be able to make. And in areas like uh, the Netherlands, where we would expect this, uh, them to say, well, our regulations maybe went a little bit too far. One of the net results is, is that price food has become very expensive here in the Netherlands. You would expect people to say, geez, let's step it back a little bit. Quite the opposite has happened. We've seen people go the other way and kind of double down on those efforts. And as a result, we're, we're not going to see milk. Uh, we're we're going to not, we're not only going to not see more milk come out of the Netherlands, but we're going to see a lot less. And I think uh, or specifically over on the Western side of Europe, uh, you're going to see more, not less regulations. And that's going to mean no growth in milk. As we go over to New Zealand, we expect to see kind of the same thing. Yeah, they can kind of come up or down a little bit, but they're going to have environmental regulations too. So net net, the, the world's milk supply is probably pretty constrained here. Again, the U.S. is going to grow, but it's not going to be at the rate that, you know, the European loss, you know, it's not going to be able to make up for that European loss. So even with all of this demand in question, we still have less supplied probably than what we need. And probably somewhere in here, we're going to find some middle ground on prices. Maybe prices went up a little too much, a little too fast. But my guess is, is that here in the U.S. at least, we're probably going to find some support out here specifically on the cheese whey or class three complex on the non-fat butter side of things. Maybe we've got, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, maybe there's some more downside. It's important to remember that class four has a commanding premium to class three. So as we grow milk here in the U.S., we should see that milk start to find its way into the class four complex. Um, and again, we expect to see a little bit harder um, export potential for the non-fat and butter. So if there's going to be downside, I, I still look at it to see to see it in the class four right now. So I guess maybe a little bit of a glass half full type of uh, scenario there, kind of what you mentioned at the end. You know, uh, after you take uh, after you see the market move, you know, four dollars a hundred weight lower in the matter in a matter of a month, right? Uh, I, I do think it's you know worth standing back and saying, all right, we're going into the heat of the summer out here. We're you know the the whole commodity complex took a, a huge write down out here. Uh, 
we, we've seen some of that outside money, uh, funds, and and this, that, or the other. They they not only have exited the, the you know the grain crop and so a lot of the energies, but they've been involved here on the dairy side as well, from what we can tell. And we've seen them kind of um, step to the wayside, and that probably put a little pressure on things. But um, you know, I, I think there's probably room for the class three market at least to find some support. One last thing I'd like to just add, and I don't want to belabor anything is if we were to look and say, what is one of, what's another main factor that looks different today than it looked going back, you know, four weeks ago or even six weeks ago. And one of those factors is that, um, you know, the, sometimes there's a little extra milk in the system and that extra milk has to clear into the spot market. I'm not talking about the CME cheese market um, as much as I'm saying uh, people that have extra milk have to go find a home for that milk or they have to dispose of it and you know on the ground so they go out to try to find a, a home for that milk and if you go back all year long there has been a home for that milk that milk that would get scooped up and then you know it there would be have no effect on the market if we look back over the last uh you know starting about five weeks ago we started to see more and more of that milk show up specifically here in the midwest it put a little bit you know as that milk went to go find a home it was absorbed uh but at a discount and you know but what it really said was is there's probably a little bit more milk in the system than there was a home for it at time and it, um you know what reasoning that is is probably a little bit of milk growth as well as a lot of plant issues uh, a lot of plants take downtime during the summer we also saw some of the class one the school milk that's typically a time when we pull off we've just seen kind of the, the whole uh midwestern uh capacity to absorb any extra milk really suffering and as a result you know it it created some uh distressed milk that distressed milk probably was created into some finished goods that ended up on the cme right or or maybe not even on the cme just ended up in the market it degraded the the bid out here for uh finished goods on the cme and we've seen prices move from 240 to two dollars we'll see what happens this week when that data comes out but last week's data showed that the midwestern milk that extra free to sell milk was absorbed and prices spiked quite a bit higher. One week doesn't make a trend, but again, we're going into the heat of the summer. We're going to see school milk lunch programs start pull back in here in the next three to four weeks. And there's a pretty decent chance that uh, we'll continue to see some exports now that our cheese price is lower than the rest of the world again. So uh, I'll stop there, Cody, but that would be my thoughts on this week's GDT. Oh, I, we definitely appreciate it, John. Uh, every week, your insight into the global markets is uh, pretty, pretty darn phenomenal. So we definitely appreciate that. Um, that's going to do it for a wrap up on this Global Dairy Trade Tuesday. If anybody has any questions, please feel free to get a hold of myself or John, and uh, we'll try to answer those questions as best as possible. But until next time, I think we have another two-week lag, if I'm not mistaken, John. We will see everybody towards the end of July. 